0: You're listening to the Death of a Film Bro Podcast. My name's Peyton. I'm Joe. Thank you for joining us on our path to cinematic enlightenment. Welcome back to the Death of Film Bro Podcast. The Critics' Choice Awards happened this weekend, and we are ready to react to the craziness that happened. There were some shocking things that happened that we were not expecting going into the night, and then there were a few other things that we kind of saw coming. And they just further uh, solidify our Oscar predictions. We will be doing Oscar predictions this weekend. That episode should be releasing this upcoming weekend before Oscar nominations are announced Tuesday morning at 8.30 Eastern um, is when they were announced that they'll be coming out. They announced that today. So that's really exciting. Oscar nominations are on the way, but something that's really going to influence it is the movie's performance at the Critics' Choice Awards. So that's what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, we're gonna talk about my favorite award and what were the critics thinking, giving score to the movie that doesn't have score. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yeah, I am without understanding.
0: Yeah, so this is this is probably the best place to start is the best score category. Really, the one that we thought was the the weirdest thing that they did. Yeah, it's the
1: weirdest thing they did. We
0: we we thought. Babylon, easy, easy. It's gonna walk its way all the way to the Oscar. It should like it still should win the Oscar. It'll win the Oscar. Yes. I don't think Tar is gonna even be shortlisted at the Oscars. I will be so surprised. I don't don't think
1: I don't think it was,
0: or not shortlisted, um, nominated. I I don't think it was shortlisted either.
1: So I don't think it was.
0: Well, you can look that up while we talk because I'm gonna I'll read through. So okay, the the nominees at the Critics Choice Awards for Score were. Alexandra Desplat for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Giacchino for The Batman, and then hilda however you say her last name, I'm really bad at Guna it. Dottier. Guna Dottier. She Guna not. She was double nominated for both Tar and Women Talking. Um, and so, you know, I thought, okay, Women Talking has a shot. Like, that's of her two scores. Women Talking is the one that everybody favors more and then just tar Hurwitz. was not
1: shortlisted for score at the oscars it was it was deemed ineligible i yes. remember hearing yep, that now that right. it yep. wasn't even eligible mm-hmm. and then Hurwitz nominated for babylon thought was going to win
0: and then john williams nominated for the fablemans any of those other five nominees would have been anything but babylon right if fablemans women talking batman or pinocchio if any of those won it would be surprising but it wouldn't be like a bad pick the only one that might not be an amazing pick would be the Fablemans, but it's John Williams, and you can be like, okay, I guess, sure, yeah, giving the Fablemans some love because the Fablemans really received no love. We'll talk about that. Tar mm-hmm. was out of these if we were ranking them by most likely to least likely to win going into the night. We would we had Tar at six. We thought it was th- there's no reason to give it to it, and and yet they did, and so it's really baffling.
1: Yeah, just very confusing. I don't know how I've seen Tar and. I mean, going into the movie, I was expecting the score to be good because it's like, oh, it's a movie about, like, a conductor. Mm-hmm. And, like, Hildur is like, kind of become more of a household name. She already has an Academy Award and is, like, still relatively young in her career, though. Mm-hmm. And there just was not really any original music in it. And apparently she was, like, heavily involved in, like, the sound design and then, like, is that considered score? But, like, I don't know if, like... It like what was considered and like campaigned a score as as the score was like literally deemed ineligible to be nominated at the Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. and then the Critics' Choice was like, yeah, it's the best thing we heard all year, and I'm like, what did you hear? So what did you hear?
0: The the theory that I've heard that people have been speculating. I've heard this as well. they, They sent out a vinyl to the Critics' Choice voters of the score that Hilder composed for the movie, but was not actually in the movie. And that score is available on Spotify as well. Like, you can go listen to it and it's pretty great. It is. But for the people that are voting, if they hadn't seen the film or if they're just voting purely on the score that they were sent, maybe they thought it was the best score of the year, but it still is very interesting that it, you know, it really didn't make it in the final cut of the film. Yeah. Um, it's just
1: weird. Yeah. And if anything, I'm glad that it's like not going to be anything that's really going to like spoil the Oscars and it's not going to be the reason that something that maybe should be nominated is going to get snubbed or something like that Mm -hmm. like she's still getting nominated i still like have pretty good confidence in woman talking getting her a nomination oh for sure but like if she would have gotten double nominated at the oscars and i mean the one thing that i was always worried about getting snubbed didn't even get shortlisted so it's already been snubbed so yeah that can't really do anything it can't really do anything there critics choice was based for nominating it
0: yeah i i thought Critics' Choice. I thought I was like I always kind of went in thinking maybe they don't go for Babylon. Maybe they don't because Babylon was so divisive, and maybe they just they give it to something else. And I kind of thought, hey, the Batman could get it. You know, the
1: the Batman would Batman have been, been such a cool win.
0: It, it would have been a great win because it's it's you know it can't even be nominated at the Oscars. So it's like that would have been giving it to the Batman would have been less shocking than Tar that neither of them were shortlisted. But Tar is still a bizarre pick. So. Yeah. Very interesting. That very weird. That happened, and
1: we were like, "Wow, that was pretty crazy." Uh, what could have, like, as a transition, something that could have maybe been seen as a bizarre pick or something that kind of seemed on the outside until the other precursor show, the Golden Globes. Natu to Natu to is looking like it's on its way to just sweeping Best Original Song. Yeah, yeah. So the it's other looking like it, like the other like the other stuff just isn't picking up recognition mm-hmm. like I think some of like the nominees are like there's no way Chow papa and like hold my hand and lift me up are getting snubbed but it doesn't look like they're winning either <laughs> yeah <laughs> like not it just to, looks not like looks not really really Natsu" right is now. happening
0: yeah it it's looking really strong picked up the golden globe picked up critics choice it was my pick for both of them it's one of those songs that we were always kind of fringe on if it was even going to be nominated and now it's looking the strongest to
1: to win the award which is very very exciting i've um, also seen rr, to see RR now and yes go do it win let it win that's yeah it's great
0: i want to see it performed at the oscars so it has to be nominated it'd be so fun it's going to be such a blast it's going to be way better than like last year when they butchered that should we don't simply... talk about bruno and stuff like natu natu is going to go so hard at the oscars like that's honestly how they should open the show probably they i mean they might it is it is so it's
1: such a hype song that'd be a great way to open it of the nominees it's like one of like the only ones that doesn't isn't really kind of like a ballad or something like that mm-hmm. yeah
0: so that was that was a great win saw it coming very excited and i think you know it could it could go all the way for sure speaking of RRR it also walked away with another <laughs> award it won best foreign language film at the critics choice awards it was running up against All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, which won the Golden Globe. Bardo, Close, and Decision to Leave. And winning here is is pretty big for RRR. It really should have you know, won it at um, the Golden Globes as well. And unfortunately, it's ineligible for this category at the Oscars. So RR is one of those ones that really its only chance to be recognized is an original song at the Oscars but it's had this opportunity to be recognized in these other precursor awards so i'm happy for i don't think i'm going to have it in my ten for the oscars it's one of those ones that it could
1: it could get in but it has a weird package to get in so i don't necessarily yeah. and see it happening there's but. some other there's some other stuff that like we'll talk about later that's mm-hmm. kind of emerged as seeming a little more likely in those like 8 9 and 10 slots that mm-hmm. were kind of up in the air and it seems like IR like other movies are surging and rrr is kind of fading outside yeah. of like the fact that they're seeming almost they're getting a little close to a lock in the song category which yeah. is fun
0: if if india would have submitted rrr as their pick then I would, have, like I would have i would have no problem predicting it for the 10 at best picture it would be probably winning yeah. best international feature and yeah. i think it would even at that point it is probably the fifth slot in director I think that it's got all of that behind it. It might have even been shortlisted
1: for VFX, you know. Yeah, I think it would have picked up more steam in other tech categories as well. Yeah. So it's it's tough. It was it's unfortunate the film's not going to get
0: the recognition that it probably deserves, but it's at the very least it should be recognized in best song and it might pick up a couple others along the way. That's going to be one of the movies I'm looking forward to on Tuesday seeing if RRR picks up some nominations. Uh, coming into yep. this oscar season i guess the other award that no surprises at all really there are two of the awards this award season right now that i think are locks and one of them is best animated feature uh, no surprises guillermo del toro's pinocchio won It's swept everything it's going to go all the way to the oscar and it's going to win it nothing else stands a chance it was nominated alongside marcel the with shoes on *Puss in boots the last wish turning
1: red and dwindle and wild and it beat them all there's it's there's, there's nothing more to say that we haven't said in other prediction videos and that we won't say all the like even in like our like upcoming like prediction videos like it's going to be both of our ones like the other mm-hmm. nominees might get discussed a little bit but it's a category i don't think we'll really dwell on because it's just so it's it's done yeah and it's, then it's like in. you were it's saying it. the other one it's next on our list as we're sitting here looking at the winners, and VFX went to Avatar The Way of Water, and yep. that's the most, it's slam dunk over, N- nothing to
0: talk about. Yeah, it—it's winning; it's winning, it's got no competition, really, like, the only competition that I think it actually had here at the Critics' Choice Awards was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I wouldn't have been surprised to see it maybe pick that up, just because Everything Everywhere overperformed so well here at the Critics' Choice Awards. That would have been a fun surprise was in no way expecting it. But everything ever was not shortlisted at the Oscars. We've talked about this before. So Avatar The Way of Water, it's winning the award. That I mean, that one, it's... I said the other two are pretty much the only two locks. I'm scared to call this one a lock because I think there's a very tiny chance that something else emerges because we have a little while before the Oscars. But honestly, it's, it's pretty much locked up and done. It's going to go to Avatar. Yep. Another category. This is one that it, it's not at... The Oscars, you know, it's unique here to the Critics' Choice Award. It's Best Comedy. What's different from, like, the Golden Globes is they split up the films into Best Motion Picture Comedy or Musical and then Best Motion Picture Drama. Here, everything's lumped into the same Best Picture, but then there's also a Best Comedy. Usually, they don't give, if a comedy wins Best Picture, they don't give Best Comedy to that winner. So, Everything Everywhere Not Winning here at the beginning of the night made me feel a little bit more confident that it was going to win Best Picture. If it would have won here, I was like, oh man, they're not giving it Best Picture.
1: So yeah. Best Comedy,
0: it went to Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, which was really kind of surprising because I thought it was going to either go to Banshees or Everything Everywhere. I thought it would be one of those two because they can't both win yeah. Best Picture. So I was like, they gave it to Glass Onion and I was like, oh man, Banshees is probably done for the night. Like yeah. if they're Banshees not getting not this happening. here... I was really worried that Banshees might not pick anything up. Uh, so yeah, this was a really good win for Glass Onion. They also won Ensemble, whereas... which is crazy that
1: they win that after not even getting, getting nominated for SAG Ensemble. Yeah, yeah. When best, like best acting everybody, ensemble. when like everybody thought they were, everybody thought Glass Onion was like the lock for Ensemble because mm-hmm. it's just like the essence of what the movie is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the Knives Out films are. Is they're a really stacked acting ensemble, all giving great performances. <laughs> and it's a murder mystery, and it's fun. Didn't get SAG Ensemble, and then they win it here at Critics' Choice Awards. Very baffling. If Glass Indian would have been nominated at SAG, SAG Ensemble, I would maybe be more confident in considering it for my 10, but because it wasn't nominated at SAG, I just feel like this was just kind of a Critics' Choice thing, and it's probably not happening beyond the Critics' Choice Awards. I would tend to agree. Another category that was a a bit of a surprise... (laughs) Was best hair and makeup. At the end of the day, I'm not like super surprised that it went to Elvis, cause it that kind of feels like a Critics' Choice thing. But I am surprised once you take into account the best actor winner from this night, um, which I guess is foreshadowing a little bit. If you weren't the you know if you didn't watch the awards, you haven't seen social media. Brendan Fraser won best actor. So best hair and makeup Absolute going to dub. Elvis. Very interesting. I thought when it won here, I was like, "Oh, yep, Austin Butler. It'll be a fun little pair." That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I was I was thinking that Austin Butler was coming down the line. So Elvis winning here, I don't hate it. I don't think it's the best hair and makeup. Obviously, I think the Whale's better. I think the Batman's better. I think everything overall at once is better. But Elvis is it's it's
1: still a good winner, a good pick, but it's a little bit surprising. I like the cat. I like the nominees here. I think all six are pretty strong and have things about like their hair and makeup that stand out to me i think it's like a really solid six and i feel like the oscar five is definitely in here yeah i think the oscar them, five with one of them
0: missing i think the oscar five are these was everything everywhere shortlisted for makeup and hairstyling at the oscars because part of me feels like it, it probably wasn't because they just they did weird it stuff was not, there
1: it was it was not
0: okay that was my thought so i think it's you take the other five here, and they yeah. That's that's your short list. So Babylon, the Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and the Whale. That's uh, that might be my five that I'm predicting before we get to nominations. We'll you know we'll see if and Adam I like deals. it. I think it's pretty good. The the other one though that I I actually probably will predict in my five, and this is getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about it you know in our next episode but I'll probably actually predict all quiet on the western front now that I'm thinking about I it I can
1: also I can
0: also see that cuz just because I kind of know where my predictions are going to go and line up in other categories I think that this probably comes along with it so that'll be a great conversation for us to have in our next um our next episode yeah but yeah best hair and makeup went to Elvis very interesting don't hate it but it was not necessarily what I expected going into the night one that I did expect, however, was best costume design went to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I kind of saw that coming along with it.
1: I I just thought that was that was going to happen. That one's that's a category where it seems like a front runner is beginning to emerge, mm-hmm. and it's not super surprising considering the first one did win that category. And I think they're doing a little more, and I think the costumes are a little more creative and doing bigger and like bolder things than in the first movie yeah you're while also doing doing they're doing similar stuff but like also like all the funeral attire and stuff mm -hmm. like that that wasn't in the first one like all of that stuff is so well done that it would definitely be a really like deserved win
0: yeah and and black panther wakanda forever you you have two nations that you're creating these for. it's not just wakanda yeah there's also um they're not atlantis in the movie
1: Talo talo khan
0: yeah You've got them, and you see so you've got all of those costumes that are very fun and uh, like inspired that elevates, by like Mayan culture, and they're very great costumes, and that definitely like makes it a elevates it.
1: It elevates it so much over the first one, and like because there's mm-hmm. just so much more that's being done, and the first one was deemed Oscar worthy. So yeah, so it's, it's seeming it's that one's also kind of clearing up to where I don't know if it's like a full on lock, but. It's it's getting there.
0: It's it's potentially my number
1: one going into nomination. I predictions. It would be, it would be my number one.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe my favorite win of the night was best editing. I think this might have been. It was huge. My favorite of all the wins. There were so I was very excited for Brendan Fraser, very excited for the Daniels, but Paul Rogers winning for everything overall at once, best editing. I was super hyped about this because this makes it where. I don't feel like a crazy person predicting it at the Oscars. I truly believe that Everything Everywhere All At Once is the best editing of the whole year and maybe the best editing of the last 10 years, maybe longer. Everything Everywhere All At Once is phenomenal editing. If you don't know what film editing is, all you have to do is watch Everything Everywhere All At Once and you'll understand just by watching the film. You'll understand what it is because Everything Everywhere is such an interesting film that you the way it was shot if you edit it just a little bit differently the story's completely different like the film is made by its editing and the way that it's put together so this was an amazing win i was thrilled
1: yeah it's one where the editing because it's literally jumping around and stuff like that the way it does is so interconnected to the narrative where it's not editing in terms of just like making like really cool and like really seamless sequences, like Mm -hmm. something like Top Gun does where like the editing in Top Gun is fantastic because it's all tied in and it does action really well. And it gets really tight and everything. Yeah. And it knows when to go outside of the plane and inside of the plane and stuff like that. And it does all that stuff really well, but nothing else nominated this year really gets close to having that narrative connection and like you said like one of some of like the best editing of like the last 10 years like Mm -hmm. the best like editing winner that i can think of is whiplash Mm -hmm. but that's not doing the same type of stuff that this is doing that's doing way more of like what i was just talking about where the editing is like so like it's kind of doing a lot to where it's like moving around like all different parts of the drum kit and Mm -hmm. stuff and it makes like sequences more exciting but doesn't really have to as much to do with like making the movie like make sense and flow in the way that Mm -hmm. it does
0: yeah the the editing in whiplash is very strong editing and it's another one of those ones that if i was going to explain to someone what editing is whiplash is another one that i would like if i was teaching a film editing 101 course or the history of film editing like Whiplash is one of those ones that I would I would include if we're showing off editing, but it's very different from everything everywhere. You're right. It is the the way that they use editing in Whiplash is they're using it to add detail to these moments and to build out um, this very small world that our lead title character Andrew is in. It's adding you know detail to the drum kit and it's showing off individual players in the band and it's adding visual interest to everything that's happening and making it feel it's very tight, very snappy. Um, it's, just, it's really good. It's hard to explain without seeing it. Everything Everywhere uses editing more as a narrative um, point in the film and uses the way it's edited is, is very much more tied to the plot and the screenplay. Like I think the editing was thought <laughs> out when the Daniels were writing this film. They were probably writing it I agree. with you know the editing already in mind. In a way that I don't think that was the case necessarily with Whiplash. You know, the editing kind of came later down the line in the process, whereas the editing was probably in the Daniels' mind from the very beginning of this film, just because it's so intricate. There's so many plot lines. It's very nonlinear, very weird, jumping, you know, lots of
1: montages. It's, it's a great which, editing winner. I mean, it flows right into the fact that the screenplay is so intricate and the directing is so intricate, which is why like they're definitely going to get nominated for both of those categories mm-hmm. and are seeming more likely to be able to pick up wins because, mm-hmm. I mean, just moving along, I mean, they pick up both of those awards at the Critics' Choice. I mean, it was they did. a very big night for Everything Ever All at Once.
0: Yeah, Everything Ever All at Once definitely overperformed the, the big winner of Critics' Choice Awards. They walked away with editing. They walked away with screenplay. They walked away with director they walked away with supporting actor and they walked away with picture that like, that's an amazing package from the critics choice awards and getting editing was a great precursor for some of those other ones because the editing is so intertwined with the screenplay and with the direction of the film that those two awards almost have to come along with it. I think if that's not necessarily the case with every other movie. Like you could give Top Gun editing and not give it screenplay because it's very different, you know? But you give yeah. everything everywhere editing. Screenplay almost has to come along. Directing almost has to come along. Cause those three awards just make such a nice, neat package together. Um maybe yeah. we just hit I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. I think we hit the last few of these texts and let's go hit those above the line ones. So production design, yeah. Babylon. Great choice. The front runner. I, I didn't think, think it, it should Yeah. I think it should win. <laughs> it it should win and I think it will win. It's it's the like it's it's the best here. There's some great production design in these other films, but like it was nominated alongside Black Panther, Fableman's Avatar, Everything Everywhere, Elvis. Babylon's got the best production design of the year, I think it's it really just does. And then another bloodline the category, Best Cinematography. Um, this is actually probably my prediction for the Oscar as well, and it's Top Gun Maverick won cinematography at the Critics Choice Awards. I think that's a great win for Top Gun. It it's interesting because um, Empire of Light was nominated here, Rogers Deakins. And that's one that I don't think will happen at the Oscars. Um Everything know, Everywhere was man. not nominated here. And I really would like everything everywhere to be nominated at the Oscars. So it was it was kind of interesting, the nominees here, but I feel like Top Gun was a was a great winner. I don't know if you have thoughts on our cinematography winners here.
1: Um I think it is a good winner just because of what they did with like there's so much about like them like the way they mount the cameras and stuff like that and how much they do in camera and everything. It kind of ties into like their use of practical effects, but like the Mm -hmm. cinematography and the way cameras are used and like with the planes and on the planes and stuff, it's like pretty impressive. Personally, I'd go with Babylon. Yeah, Top Gun wouldn't be my my personal personal choice. Yeah. Like I think Babylon's like the most gorgeous movie of the year and I think it does enough and has, like, the party sequence alone. It's like, how do you watch that? Like, the way that camera just is just flying around the room and stuff. It's just like, come on, man. But, I don't know. The camera is also flying around in Tom Gun Maverick, I guess. In yeah. A, in a different way.
0: It's it's hard to watch the first 30 minutes of Babylon and not think, uh, this deserves an Oscar. You know, like, it just does. And we're living in a world right now where it might get snubbed a nomination. It, it's very yeah, likely that be, that could it'd happen. It be very tough. But I do think that's probably the best here. It's it's the best option available. I think it should win. I don't think it will win. I think Top Gun's probably our front runner. Top Gun one here. It's good for Top Gun. Top Gun's gonna get some tech. Yeah, I don't I but, don't I don't hate the one. I don't hate yeah. the one at all.
1: I just think like there's a good chunk of Top Gun where they're kind of just in rooms and like the way they like shoot like conversations and stuff isn't mm-hmm. doing anything like super crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's not I mean, the flashiest cinematography not the winner yeah. of all time. Yeah. But I still like it.
0: Yeah. So that's that's kind of the last tech. And then and then we get to our screenplay awards adapted went to women talking, which no surprise Easy. there. It's winning it at the Oscars. Well, actually, I take it back. It's probably winning it at the Oscars. The whale could come for an upset. We'll probably talk about that in our next episode. I have some thoughts about the whale. The way Whale performed at SAG, I'm not counting it out yet. But I mean, women talking is easily the strongest of the adapted screenplay nominees um, going into Oscar nominations. It's it's firmly in the number one slot right now.
1: I agree. And then the
0: one of the other awards that was maybe the best, maybe you know, competition for the best one of the night with editing is original screenplay. A competition between Tar. Banshees of Inisherin, Fableman's After and Everything Ever All At Once, and our winner was the Daniels Everything Ever All At Once. Super exciting! I thought it was going to be Banshees, and it wasn't. Um, the second Banshees didn't win here. It was like, oh snap, that's
1: not good, not good for them,
0: and it's really good. I for mean, yeah,
1: I mean editing. Like, since it had already picked up editing once it picked up screenplay, it was like, all right, pictures locked. Even if they do decide to go Spielberg and director. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that was, it was, it quickly became like, oh, they're just sweeping everything. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Screenplay,
0: a great win here for everything ever all at once. Makes me feel more confident to predict it at the Oscars. I was, you know, before the Critics' Choice Awards, leaning more towards Banshees. It's going to be interesting to see what WGA does. Um, that, yeah. That'll give us some real clarity. But if Everything Everywhere, you know, wins at WGA, it's like, that's best picture right there, man. That's kind of a wrap because yep. I think <laughs> I think everything everywhere needs to win director or original screenplay if it wins either of those I think it wins picture so I agree it's very very interesting and speaking of director I'm still
1: not or go ahead I'm still not super sold on it winning screenplay at the Oscars I still think Banshee's is a really good shot I think so too I I don't I don't think that I put
0: everything over at my one but I feel more inclined to do that now oh I
1: can definitely see it yeah, 100%. it's. I mean, I could. It's I could very kind of like we could see it before this. This just kind of makes it a little more where it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Fableman's kind of seems out. Where I agree. It's kind of a two horse race bet for screenplay at this point. Like Fableman's is like pretty locked in to get a nomination. I agree. But and, I don't think it's winning. I think the winner is either the Daniels or McDonough. I agree. I think that if you look at. If you look at Best Director,
0: right, there were ten nominees for Best Director here at the Critics Choice Awards, which was insane. Just so many nominees. And everyone was kind of thinking, okay, well, Spielberg won at the Globes and Critics Choice Voting happened after the Globes. So it's like, all right, are they gonna follow suit, give it to Spielberg, decide, you know, he gets the award? And then they gave it to the Daniels. Awesome win for them. <laughs> We all kind of thought after the Globes, we were like, oh, Spielberg's not dead. But now it's like, oh, maybe maybe he was? Maybe that was just a Globes thing? Because Spielberg can't win the BAFTA because he wasn't nominated. He wasn't even longlisted there, so he won't be nominated. Yeah. So Spielberg is going to say he won Globe, loses Critics' Choice, loses BAFTA, maybe gets DGA. So Globe, DGA, go to him. Interesting, you know, we'll see. DGA is going to be a big tell. If DGA goes to Daniels, Daniels are the front runner. DGA goes because yeah. I think McDonough is probably going to pick up the BAFTA. So then I you've agree. got the three of them each have one award, and then we kind of see what DGA does, and maybe that gives us some direction of where they're going to go for the
1: Oscars. But it's very interesting. Um, the Daniels winning to is be, great. Yeah, I still think like this makes it even more unpredictable at this point. Mm-hmm. It's it's all over the place. Yeah. Because, like, I still think there's an outside shot that the Oscars are just like, eh, Martin McDonough, sure, why not? And just do it. And, like, I don't think it would be great, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah.
0: If, 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 I don't know, if McDonough wins at the Oscars, Banshees is winning Best Picture. Like, there's, there's not a world where he wins Director and that doesn't win Picture. And I, I'm saying I could totally see it happening, though. If, I'll tell you what, if, banshees is picking up their their best case scenario they need to pick up condon which i don't know if they're gonna do and they need to pick up colin farrell they pick up both of those and maybe screenplay comes along with it then sure yeah he gets director and picture that makes sense i don't know if they pick up director if they don't pick up the acting noms they need to pick up at least one of them you know because yeah. Banshees isn't going to get nominated for anything below the line, really. It'll receive some. It'll get like, it'll get, it'll probably, it's got a shot in an editing nom, you know, and maybe something else, but it really isn't going to be competitive in any of the techs. Yeah, I think it could sneak in the score. Yeah, that'll be a, a great conversation for next episode. It's, yeah. Yes. Very weird. Yes, it will. Um, the one Fableman's win of the night. I don't really count it as a Fableman's win. It's really a Gabriel LaBelle win, but Gabriel LaBelle won yeah. Best Young Actor or Actress, which was pretty obvious that that was going to happen. It was the one Fableman's win. I don't really count that as a Fableman's win, but good job, Gabriel LaBelle. You you deserved it. I'm clapping for you. And then the, the fun ones. So Best Supporting Actor, QA Kwan. No real competition there. That was as expected. No surprise, he's gonna go win the Oscar. We know that's happening.
1: Pretty, f- pretty fire nominees, though.
0: Yeah, nominated. I like. I like the nominees great here. nominees. Like, I would be happy if out of the other five that were nominated, any four of those were nominated along, alongside. I would. I would be happy. Like, I really, think like one
1: of my ideal fives would be the Critics' Choice six minus Judd Hirsch.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. I think you put in Paul Dano. Put in Brendan Gleeson, put in Barry Keoghan, and put in Brian Tyree Henry, and that's a really exciting, a really exciting five alongside QA Kwan.
1: Yeah, supporting actresses getting even crazier. It gets crazier every day. Yeah. So like Angela Bassett picks up her Golden Globe win, and it's like, okay, so that's pretty much locking her in for a nomination. And then she wins Critic Choice, and it's like, hmm, how close are we to? saying like she's definitely the front runner at this point yeah like what more needs to be done for it to be like oh yeah she's just going to win
0: yeah this is one of those things where I think her picking up the win here I think comes because the critics choice voters saw the globes I think yeah they saw her win at the globes and they were like that's a winner we can get behind let's give her an Oscar let's do it let's you know Angela basket Oscar season mm-hmm. let's go Um, I think that if this would have happened before the Golden Globes, I don't think she would win. I think it would have very easily been Carrie Condon that would have taken away the win here, but they decided to go with, um, you know, hop on the Angela Bassett train, which is not anything against Angela Bassett at all. I think she's very deserving of the win. And I, if she won the Oscar, I'd have no gripes with that. But I do think the win here was pretty heavily influenced by the Globes.
1: Yeah, this is another one where, like, the one thing I really have to add is that I also kind of, in the same vein as the supporting actor lineup, I really like this group of nominees. Like, the one that I can't really speak on is Jesse Buckley and Woman Talking. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's a scenario where there's a five and it's this six minus Jesse Buckley, because, I mean, I just really can't comment on it at this point, and neither can you if you haven't seen that movie. Mm -hmm. We will at some point. But, I mean, all the other performances, like, I would love to see everything, everywhere, double nominated here because I think they're both deserving. Kerry Condon's a lock to get nominated, and then mm-hmm. Janome is very much on the outside. But
0: yeah, I think the Oscar I five. Could... I, I think the Oscar five is going to be the two Everything, Everywhere, All at Once women and
1: Kerry Condon for sure with Angela Bassett. I'm getting, I'm getting pretty confident in that Everything, Everywhere, All at Once gets nominated, and then like that other slot. I mean, there's. Janelle Monae, Hong Chao is still in the conversation. Yeah, Hong Chao would be who I would put like, in. I, Like, I would like either of them. I think they're both really good. Two very, very different performances and very, like, styles of movies and stuff. Yeah, it's... Both equally deserving. It's
0: going to be... This is the category that Oscar nomination morning, I am most... Maybe the most interested to see who they nominate because there's so many options. That and lead and best actress. Because best actress, we have kind of one and two. Whatever order you put them in, and then the other three are totally up in the air. And between like up to th- eight options potentially for best actress,
1: the actress, not the like two actress categories have been like trending in like opposite directions. Where at one point it felt like the best actress race seemed kind of clear, and you had some solid front runners and who you think were pretty solidly in the five. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of become like yes, there's the two out front, and everything else has just been very confusing. Mm-hmm. And then supporting actress was ridiculously confusing, and now has started to become a little more clear as mm-hmm. the award season's gone on. So they're just moving in opposite directions.
0: Yeah, it's very very interesting.
1: So yeah, Angela Bassett one supporting actress, and it's all at, and it's all at the detriment of Margot Robbie.
0: Yeah, so that's where I was. Yeah, I was transitioning. Best I am actors, I am yeah. scared
1: for my girl Margot Robbie to not pick up her Oscar nomination that she so deserves.
0: Yeah, I. <laughs> she's like
1: my five, like I'd like or six right like now. Like I'd re- like I'd really have to think about it, and like I have time to think about it before we record our next episode. I haven't gotten there yet. I still have to like take time to digest like the last couple weeks and then mm-hmm. make decisions. But I don't know if she's in or not, and Michelle Williams concerned for her too. <laughs> I'm concerned for everybody. I don't know what they're gonna do
0: <laughs> yeah so so best actress kate blanchett won here at the critics choice awards which was really surprising to me because everything everywhere had such a good night that i just assumed michelle Yeoh was coming along for the ride it's kind of it
1: It kind of sucks it's really like, a not bummer. that like really not that i dislike the kate blanchett win because i think she is very deserving and like if she is who wins the oscar like fine okay but like on the night where every single person at like the Everything Ever All At Once table was like so like ecstatic at like the Daniels finally got to go on stage and give a speech. And then they like all won at the end and were all up there. Michelle Yeoh didn't get her moment. Mm-hmm. And it was like, eh, that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll straight up say it. You weren't willing to say it, but I'll say it. If Kate Blanchett wins the Oscar, I'm going to be really disappointed. I, I don't think she needs it. And I don't think I don't she think should she win it for it. Tar. I'm, I think that there are I'm, other, I Michelle Yeoh, her performance deserves it more. Margot Robbie's performance deserves it more. I haven't seen Till, but I'm willing to bet Danielle Deadweiler's performance deserves it more. Viola Davis, eh, I don't know. I mean, Woman King was good enough. Like her performance was good, but I don't it's know, not man. an Oscar Katie winner. Richard
1: kicks ass in that movie. I think she's so good.
0: It's I don't know. It's tough. I I will be disappointed. I think I'll be disappointed if Kate Blanchett wins, but I won't be surprised. That's that's where I'll will
1: leave it. Is that yeah? I'm not gonna be super ecstatic, but I'm not gonna be like, uh, oh, this is one of the greatest mistakes the Academy's ever made." Oh no, I don't because, think like, it'd be. a They big would be mistake. giving it to a very very deserving performance. It's just there are like you said, there are other performances that I do personally like more, and like the michelle the yo narrative is just like incredible yeah but they wouldn't be making like some grave mistake to give it to kate <laughs> yeah
0: i just i don't know what they're gonna do this will be a great a great. like I, I feel like i've said this a billion times already great conversation for next episode because i yeah, feel like we can talk about it forever the type
1: of stuff that like we're gonna talk about it a lot in the next episode and then in the month Leading up to the awards, and then we'll be sitting there on that Sunday night watching the award ceremony. And I still don't think we're gonna have a very clear cut of idea of what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, gonna be really interesting. I yeah, I don't know. It I I don't think there is a bad winner out of the potential nominees for best actress. Like I think once we get the nominations, I think they're all gonna be deserving. And I don't think there's gonna be anyone that I'd be upset at winning. Just because this year's such it a kind- stacked year for movies but i yeah, really and want then, to see I mean, Michelle. I yeah.
1: can it can easily move into the best actor conversation where there is like mm-hmm. again a pretty clear cut top 3 and like i've said in other videos and stuff like that and i'm going to keep saying where there's personal preferences and you can like look at some trends and stuff and try to like pick out who the front runner is but like of that top 3 i don't really have a problem with any of them. i think they're all pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, so we already talked about it a little bit earlier but Brendan Fraser picked up the win here. Very surprising. Austin Which Butler was huge won the, the globe. last
1: episode. in In our last episode, we were like, Brendan Fraser needs to pick up the Critics' Choice, or he's pretty much not happening, and it's going to go from a three horse race to a two horse race. And he picked up the award that he needed, and he's very, very firmly back in the winning conversation. Yeah,
0: he yet. needed he needed Critics' Choice or SAG, and he got Critics' Choice. Yeah, so SAG would lock him in for the win. I I still don't yeah. think I don't think he gets BAFTA. I think BAFTA goes to Colin Farrell. So then you're sitting in a scenario kind of like director. Where Austin Butler has Globe, Frazier's got Critics' Choice, Farrell has potentially BAFTA, and now you're kind of sitting there waiting for SAG. And you're like, "All right, where does SAG go? Mm -hmm. And then that maybe directs our Oscar prediction, because each of them's going to have one, which is very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I think SAG is definitely going to, I would definitely foresee it tilting in Frazier's favor because I think BAFTA is just going to be like a really, really good day for Banshee Division.
0: I just, I can't see a world where it doesn't, but let me, all right, let's say crazy scenario, okay? Austin Butler wins BAFTA, all right? And then Frazier wins SAG. They each have two. Who do you predict for the Oscar? I don't know. It's interesting. It's a, I feel like it's a difficult choice to make. I probably still lean Frazier. I think, The only way at this point, the only way I predict Butler winning is if he wins SAG.
1: Like I think SAG is way more important than any of these other ones. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I don't know. Like they're like I said, very deserving. But I mean, all three performances are very wildly different in the type of stuff that they're asking to do. One's just like such a crazy trans. Like they're both crazy transformations, but like in very different ways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're yeah,
0: great performances. This is kind of like actress where we have two. You know, actress has two and you put in the other three. This one I feel like we have a good strong three, and that's who your four and five are, is interesting for Oscar nominations. You know, I think Bill Nye is probably in there. He's getting nominated everywhere. So then yeah, I who's your five? I think he's you know? pretty
1: comfortably in the in the five. Um Paul Mascal could mess around and get nominated at the Oscars. There's a couple other random stuff that could happen, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Don't know what's gonna happen. But that happened. The whole night, all those crazy things happen. We get to the very end, and everything ever all at once wins Best Picture. Really an amazing moment. Walked away, like we said, just super overperformed. Walked away with editing. Walked away with supporting actor. Walked away with screenplay, director, and picture. Just an awesome night for everything ever all at once. Also received two supporting actress nominations, you know, this night as well. Like, just a super strong showing, and It makes me feel good because I was, when this movie came out, I, you can go back and look at my letterboxd, I logged it, you know, five times when I first saw it, and one of them, I listed every Oscar that I could see potential, a potential nomination for everything ever all at once, and I said right then and there, I said, this will be, like, it'll be in the best picture conversation, and I've said that since it came out, and there have always been people that doubt it. And they're like, no, it's not going to, especially on like Twitter. Twitter was always, everything everywhere will not happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. It's just hype. You just like the movie. You know, you're a stan. You know, it's not actually going to happen. But it's legit. It Winning here, winning all those awards, everything everywhere is super legit. And no one can argue that anymore. Now the argument becomes is, does it have a chance at actually winning at the Oscars? Is the hype going to be too high now? And it's going to, you know, come back down and something else will win. Really interesting. A lot to discuss there and dive into. But everything ever all at once, winning Best Picture at the Critics' Choice Awards, it needed this win. It was a really great win. Really, really exciting. There, I feel like there were a lot of ways the night could have gone. And this was, in my mind, the best possible outcome for what my preference was going into the ceremony.
1: Yeah, I mean, not super surprising. I mean, this has kind of just been a critic darling since its release and then i mean just the sheer amount of nominations that i got it made it it was very clear that the critics choice and their voters really liked this movie so not super exciting but like you said great night and this was just the cap on it and i mean in this long race that is oscar season all leading up to nominations next week and then eventually to the ceremony i mean i think right now this is taken over to where this is in front currently Mm-hmm. Stuff can change, but I feel like this is pretty. It's got a little bit of a lead. Yeah. So, a great night. For that might be. That, a, were. that might be a good thing for it at this current moment. It might be a bad thing for it. I. It. It's too early to tell, but it is out front.
0: It is. It's out front. Um. How do you think that the Critics' Choice Award affects Banshees of Inna Sharon? How do you think that performance tonight affects that film? Because it it received zero wins, had quite a few it's nominations, so and it walked away with not one win.
1: Yeah. It's it's really tough because. Especially since it was such a good night for everything around once. And then the like only other two movies that we've talked about being in that contention for best picture for like a win are Fableman's and Banshee Diminishing, which both just left completely empty handed.
0: Except for Gabriel LaBelle, man. (laughs) No, bro. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't,
1: I don't count that We already said that, but, and I don't know. It goes back to what I just said. It's why I'm, very clearly putting it out ahead right now there's still a good amount of stuff that can happen that can change narratives and stuff like that but i don't know i think we've both kind of felt it for a while where the everything ever all at once narrative and daniels and the actors tied to the movie just everything like it's all just kind of too good to not happen Mm -hmm. it's just it's picking up and i hope and i hope
0: i'm right it's it's interesting because it's picking up steam but it's not the undisputed winner right now whereas like last year at this time it felt like the power of the dog what had the steam and was an undisputed winner it just felt like everyone was like it's happening it's gonna happen there's no argument and then it lost whereas with everything everywhere sure it's the front runner and i think it's gonna steamroll its way to a win but there are other other movies that we're still talking about that are in the conversation that can still win where we didn't really have that last year with the power of the dog, um, so I think that hurt the power of the dog last year, where it held that front runner status for so long. And this year, everything everywhere still has that front runner status, but people are e- like, there are people predicting it winning, but there are just as many people predicting banshees or Fablemans still, um, not as many as fablemans, but it's really banshees in it. They're like, it still has strong competition. Where it, I don't think it's going to just get subverted, you know, in the two weeks before the Oscars like happened last year with Coda. You know? I think that it's a straw it's strong going in, but it's not too strong. Kinda of like I said with the Golden yeah. Globes.
1: It was I think maintaining that one of that narrative. the biggest things excuse me. One of the biggest things that like makes the difference between Power of the Dog at this point last year and everything once this year is people like it's not boring. It's not Oscar <laughs> bait. It's not a like slow drama. It's like a movie that people have been talking about nonstop for almost a year now, Mm -hmm. where that was where like Power of the Dog came out like in November, like more towards like the time that award season movies come out. And and it was a slow burn. And I mean, like our initial reaction to it were like, this is your best picture front runner. Yeah. I mean, people liked it. Not how a lot of people liked
0: it. I didn't like it. But a lot of people liked it and I can see the appeal of it. It just wasn't for me, you know, personally.
1: But I agree with you. It's just the um the like the sheer volume of people that have found the appeal in everything ever all at once just makes it feel so much different. Yeah. And and everything even though they are in like similar situations like right now, in terms of like what they've picked up, like where their momentum is and everything, the movies themselves are just so differently where it's hard to even think. Like compare the situations, yeah. In my head, yeah,
0: and and everything everywhere has the narrative too, where like we say that a lot, but it really matters. Like having a narrative behind your film matters a lot when it comes to the Oscars. Last year, Coda, Coda had the narrative, and Power the Dog didn't. Power the Dog was a cool, you know, a, a good movie and very technically, you know, good and the score and the cinematography and the performances and all that stuff. But Coda was like, it was a movement really like also like around Troy Kotzer and like what that film stood for and what it represented and um you know very much dedicated to you know the deaf community and like it just it just had like some real cultural like significance to it which helped carry it to the win and i think that everything everywhere has that alongside it and it has it i i feel like banshee's just doesn't have a narrative and failman's has one but it's not very strong you know i think the narrative around everything ever all at once and what it means and like you can see in all the speeches and like the Daniels like dedicating the film and the win to immigrants and immigrant parents like that's a strong narrative especially in today's age and in the world we live in right now it's you know it's something we've been talking about a lot over the last several years you know so it's something that I just think the moment is right it's the right movie it's got the steam it's got the narrative it's got the performances. It's gonna pick up enough key wins and be in the conversation with, for so many others that it's really hard to deny everything ever all at once. You know, coming in and winning. Banshees has a shot still, but Banshees not winning here. I think like Banshees is the big loser of the night. We talked about that with the Golden Globes. Banshees is the loser of the Critics Choice Awards. Walking away with nothing was really bad for them, and it helps everything everywhere a lot. Because because even though everything everywhere didn't walk away with best picture at the globes it still walked away with something you know it still walked away with qa kwan like it had that so and and it walked away with um michelle yo you know like it it Mm -hmm. still walked away with some awards whereas banshees not going with anything if banshees had walked away with if they went carrie condon maybe you know i would feel a lot better Or if it, you know, anything, screenplay, any of it, I would feel way better about Banshees. But getting
1: nothing really, really hurts. I fully agree. I do not have much else to add beyond that.
0: Yeah. That's, that was the Critics' Choice Awards. There were also, I mean, obviously there were, like, TV shows and all that sort of stuff. But we're not, like, big into the TV show world. Uh, I will say that they did, I'm trying to go back down and find it, where it was, oh yeah, the, the best movie made for television. They gave to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Super hyped about that. Great win. Then also gave uh, Daniel Radcliffe the award for best actor in a limited series or, mo- or movie made for television. Those were good wins. I was excited about that. Those were kind of movie awards, but that stuff's not really what we talk about and really wasn't what I cared about the whole night. I was just kind of waiting on the big ones, but it was probably... It was the best possible scenario for everything ever all at once. Everything worked out completely in their favor, and it it makes Oscar nominations coming up this this next week really exciting. So we'll see what happens with the Oscar nominations. Uh, Do you have anything to add about the Critics' Choice Awards before we close this one out?
1: No, I'm good. Cool.
0: (laughs) So we'll be coming back with our next episode. We'll be on our Oscar nomination predictions. There's a chance that might be split up into two but they'll probably drop at the same time, just depending on how long that goes. (laughs) We'll we'll see. But we're going to get in our our, our nomination predictions one last time before they're actually announced. And then our next episode after that will probably be reacting to the nominations and analyzing those. And then maybe that'll be our first set of winner predictions. And then we'll kind of take a deep dive into some specific categories that we really want to talk about potentially, Uh, maybe some specific films, and we'll kind of lead up to the Oscars covering that along the whole way. Um let us know. Uh you can you can message us on Twitter at Deadfilm Bro, or you can uh there's like the little question section if you're on Spotify where you can answer a question. Let us know what sort of content you want to see between now and the Academy Awards before the Oscars come. Uh we are going to be, you know, creating some episodes here and there before the Oscars, but we're about to have kind of what we've been building up towards all year Oscar nominations coming Tuesday morning. That's super exciting, and I'm excited to see what happens. But for now, we'll say thank you for listening, and goodbye. Thank you
1: for listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. Be sure to follow Peyton and myself on Letterboxd at jhenry24 and Peyton J. Shelton. And you can follow us on Twitter at deadfilmbro.